When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Green and Blacks. Wildly, deliciously organic. A selection of ethically sourced flavors combined with a rich cocoa intensity. Welcome back to the Irish Times Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. Well, we had our last event of season two of the Big Night In on Saturday with the inimitable broadcaster Olivia O'Leary. And it was a brilliant end to what has been a fantastic series of conversations. I want to thank our sponsor Green and Blacks for supplying those wonderful hampers of chocolate, which I know went down with all of you who won one. And I want to thank every single person who joined us every second Saturday night since October. And hopefully we'll be back with another lot of conversations in the springtime. So hold on to your hats for that. Now, I hope you're getting on okay with all the shopping and all the emotional labour that goes along with Christmas. And that emotional labour is even more this year as we all try and navigate and decide who's going to come to the house or are we going to have anybody in the house and all of those kind of things. And a lot of that labour and that thinking and that strategizing falls on the shoulders of women. So we thought we'd help lift the burden a little bit with a special bonus gathering of our book club who have had a think about great books they'd like to give as presents and also ones that they'd like to receive. So get your pens out to take notes as Anne Ingle, Bernice Harrison, Neve Towie and myself suggest some great presents for the readers in your lives and talk about their year in terms of the books they got lost in. Okay, well, we gathered our book clubbers here today not to talk about a specific book. We're going to come back with Untamed by Glennon Doyle in January. But we wanted to ask them about the books that have meant the most to them this very strange year and reading in general during all these various lockdowns and during a pandemic. Um, So hopefully that will give you some ideas for presents, but also for books that you can read yourself when you have a bit of time off over Christmas. So Bernice, I'm going to come to you first. Did you get that thing, which I got certainly at the very beginning of of this very weird time where I couldn't read anything? I found like I couldn't focus on books. And for the first definitely two or three months, I, I didn't I don't think I read much except for maybe if we had to read for the book club. Did you have the same experience? Completely agree with you. I had the exact same experience. I sort of, I you know, and I think it was made even more frustrating because you read all this time, especially in March, you know, the March to to the start of June, that real serious lockdown, you're here in the house and you had loads of time. 
And, you know, the pile of books by the bed, you know, looking at you accusingly. And I just couldn't read. I couldn't. I started loads of books and I stopped. And then I I don't think I read, apart from our book club books, I don't think I really started to read for enjoyment until really the summer. And then I read books that were familiar to me by familiar authors, you know, Anne Tyler, um, Elizabeth Strout, you know, books that I knew I'd enjoy, books that uh, weren't going to challenge me with sort of very inventive sentence structures and, you know, free-flowing text and nothing, nothing complicated, just really interesting, well-made stories. And, um, and then I then I went through another dip of not being able to read anything after that, after the summer. And and then I discovered Anthony Horowitz, who writes these books, these um, they're sort of they're kind of like updated Agatha Christie's, really. They're, they're sort of very light, easygoing crime dramas, village crime dramas. And they're the size of a brick. They're huge. There's millions of pages in them. And they're fantastic page turners, really easygoing, bit of crime, sort of like Morse meets Miss Marple, lovely. And so I, I basically made my way through Anthony Horowitz. Yeah, I actually interviewed him um, during the year on Zoom. And so I read, well, I can't remember the name of it, Bernice. You might remember the latest one. Did you read the latest one, the one that was out this year? I did. And I could go inside and find the name of it. It wasn't the Magpie Murders. That's the one before. His new one is called, and I'll just get it now. It's called Moonflower Murders. That's like it. even that's the names, the you know, like that's just fantastic. They, it's so obviously Miss Marplish, nice, Morse, lovely. <laughs> um, so and I highly recommend that. But I think that was a real sign of that I wasn't really able to take on anything too hard. You know, and I, people were phoning me up and telling me, oh, Nisha Dolan, uh, a voice in the throat, you really need to read that. And I was thinking, I can't, it's, it's, it's too much. I, I can't read anything that's going to require real stamina. I can't do that. The Moonflower Murders is the one that I read. I mean, huge books that are just, you get lost in. And also they're novels within novels because he, he actually does this incredible thing where he has the, the person uh, who's investigating the crime has to read another book that he then proceeds to write which is separate in the in the book anyway if you want to get lost in a kind of like you say marple agatha christie type of thing that, that's a great one but you also do needlepoint bernice did you find that useful when uh, you couldn't read i think what has been very interesting in this lockdown is the resurgence in craft i mean knitting shops out the door um i think loads of people are trying little projects if you if you look on your social media feeds people are doing really interesting things i do needlepoint all the time because it's really enjoyable and easy and lovely. Um, so that was nice. And that doesn't that requires a different type of concentration. And that's lovely. And I think that's why people went back to craft. And I know Anne is a big knitter. Um, but I, I think that's why knitting, crocheting, making, making of any description. Uh, so that there was a resurgence of that because it takes a different type of concentration and a different type of sort of application. And if you're making something, you're not really paying too much attention to what else is going on. You're just focused on that. And that is fantastic. And, you know, you could call that mindfulness. You could, or else you could just call it, you know, knitting or needlepoint, you know. So it it, 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 it definitely does something to quieten your brain. Because <laughs> I think in this lockdown, I think in this time, these last nine months, 
God, you know, it, the contrast between the, the doing nothing, we're all, none of us are doing anything, but our minds are racing. And it's really, that's a hard balance. It's really hard to pull back from that, I think. Um, Bernice mentioned um, that you've been doing knitting as well. Do you have that same experience? Bernice was talking there about kind of finding it difficult to focus on reading. Obviously, you listen. So I wonder, was that easier that you didn't have to kind of focus on the words on a page? Yes, I listen. And then I, I feel like a, a bit of a fool just sitting somewhere with headphones on me. But when I've got the knitting, you know, it, it, it seems OK. And I just found it was a double whammy. Listen to a lovely story and just gently knitting away. Not that I'm a great knitter. I drop more stitches. I pull more wool and I start all over again. But that's not the point. It was the actual exercise of, of, of doing it. Yes, Bernice is right. It's, it's great. But also you had an accident where you fell over and fractured your shoulder, Mum. How has that been for you in terms of the lockdown? Sort of an added bloody annoyance, really, I suppose. It's added to the annoyance. But the fact now is that I'm off the sling, but still I'm not back to normal and I'm having to do exercises and not a happy woman at the moment. But, you know, I'll get there, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we come to your recommendations of books that have really, um, that you've enjoyed over the year, Neve, what do you think? Have you um, been doing needlepoint or knitting or what big craft hobbies have you taken up? Yeah. So I did way too many things, I think, at the start of lockdown. I decided to approach it as a time to do all of these things that I'd always wanted to do or thought I would do if I had time, like ah, lose weight, uh, paint every wall I could find in any house I had access to. Um, I bought a sewing machine. I uh, started running. I bought loads of books, many of which I couldn't concentrate on reading. I started all these projects at work, which I thought I'd have loads of time to do, which really, like, it's just kind of classic me. I took on way too much and ended up doing very little. Um, but one thing I did do, which really helped... Um, was during the second uh, during the summer when the lockdown was lifted a small bit um my boyfriend and I moved into my granny and granddad's old uh, little cottage in Roscommon and um it needed a bit of work so um you know we spent like a month kind of doing it up room by room and painting it all and changing the curtains and going through old photos and um uh lighten the range every day and um we really had such a like a summer I could never have imagined um it's in this really remote part of Roscommon called Darnacartha um there was was not another house on the road for a whole mile um it was our first time to live together on our own and um it was actually really really nice um it was a real reprieve from um the helter-skelter of um, city life which I suppose had never really we had always wanted to escape that a little bit ever since we'd moved up even just for a short amount of time and um, so that was really lovely Um, and to to be back in the place where my dad had grown up and where my granny was from and um, I felt so close to her there Um, she died when I was um, 12 and um, I had never, I hadn't felt as close to her in so many years as I did then, and that was really lovely. Um, and it felt nice to give back to this home place, you know, and to rejuvenate it a small bit. Um, given that it had been lying idle for quite a long time, my my granddad moved out of it after she died and moved into town just so he wouldn't be um so remote. Um, 
So that was one thing I did that I, I really Neve, enjoyed. Neve, I think you should write an essay about that. I'm just loving hearing you talk about it. And I'm sure there's beautiful um, things that you discovered and found. And almost I'm just picturing you like getting in through layers of wallpaper and things like yeah. that. And that's just my head running off. But um, Neve, was it romantic? Because it was the first time you had lived with your boyfriend. Did, did you find that there was a romance to it all? Yeah, well, no, we had lived together, but with housemates, obviously, own, in like. Dublin. But it was our first time on our own. Yeah, there was no going back from it, like, um, I have to say. Yeah, it was, I finally realised that all we kind of needed was each other. Um, and I was just so happy. I was so happy. And it gave me this perspective on life, Um the remote working as well, we'd both talked about it for a long time, how it would give us an opportunity to live at home in Roscommon again. And uh, uh, he's from Roscommon as well, uh, originally. And all of a sudden, like it unlocked, coronavirus unlocked this magic that we never thought we'd get to live together again uh, at home in Roscommon. Um, and yeah, that was... Um, well, I say, I suppose romantic. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the kind of type to label things like that. And he'll absolutely kill me when he finds out I've spoken about I, this I'm on a podcast. I'm labeling it. It's okay. <laughs> Just tell him it's my fault. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Green and Blacks, wildly, deliciously organic, a rich, smooth, and truly delicious chocolate experience. I'm going to come to Anne now because we're going to get on to our recommendations. So, Anne. Tell me the books that you would like to tell people about, whether they can give them as presents or that they can read over the Christmas. Okay, well, the first one I'm going to call is A Big Girl, Small Town by Michelle Gallen. Uh, She recently uh, has been nominated for the Costa Award and it is a she's from Northern Ireland and it's a book about... um, a, a girl who just does the same thing every day. She works in a chip shop and every day she goes in and she has a troubled relationship with her mother and with people around her. But I really recommend it. It's beautifully read as well. I cannot remember if Michelle did it herself, but it, it's beautifully read and I love that audio book. Um, the other one, uh, on a similar line, because it's a, it's a young woman who's written it, Queenie by Candice Carty-Williams. Of course, that's all set in London, so it's a different... Uh, 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 area, but at the same time, that is a really good read. It's a little bit risque, a little bit uh, cheeky, and but it's good fun and very insightful. Um, Candice is a is a young black woman living in London, and all the things that happened to her. And I would really recommend that. So I sound as if I'm about twenty, doesn't I? I'm given these flimming things. Anyway, the next one is more adult. It's by Elena. Ferrante, but it isn't really because it's about a young girl. It's written in her her uh, own voice, and it's called "The Lying Life of Adults." And it's really interesting. It's about the things that we say to our children and the way we behave and we pretend. It's all going back to actually um, to uh, looking at ourselves as we really are. And so that that would be my third choice. Of course, there's others. I've read lots of books, unlike. Uh, uh, Neve and Bernice, I had no problem listening to my audio books. In fact, I read Trollope. If you want a big book, read any of Trollope's books and get into another world altogether. But that's the big three that I would have read over the course of the last while. Oh, I have to give a mention to Fat Cow, Fat Chance by Jenny Murray, though, because that was a great read. And just like she reads that herself. And if you're doing Audible, it's just like listening to a long version of Woman's Hour on the BBC Radio 4. So Fat 
Carol, Brilliant. fat chance for Jenny Murray would be the Thanks one. a million. And I, I really concur with Big Girl, Small Town. It's definitely one of my books of the year. I absolutely loved it. And we had Michelle on, I think it was early, just before lockdown. Um, and it's great to see her winning prizes and getting nominated as well and seeing these amazing uh, writers from the North. And the other one that I'd say is Tennis Lessons by Susanna Dickey. I don't know if you've read that yet, Mum. But I haven't read that yet. That's Roshi. also a brilliant one by a woman, uh, a young woman from the North and very inventive, very different, but a great read. Bernice, give us your top three that you would recommend. My top three uh, that I recommend, I'm sort of thinking actually more about Christmas kind of presents. So I picked um, a present that I'm going to give myself, um, a present that I'd love somebody to give me and a present that I'm going to give to somebody. Um, so the present for me is The Searcher by Tana French. I know I've talked about Tana French in this podcast before, but she really is one of our foremost uh, crime writers. Uh, this is her new book. It's I, I just read the glowing review from the New York Times. Um, tellingly, her books, while she's an Irish writer, her books are released. She's so huge that her books are released in America first. New York Times review, huge. It's a standalone book. It's about, um, as far as I can make out, it's uh, a, a, an American ex-cop comes to uh, live in a rural part of Ireland and what happens next. So um, it's not one of her Dublin murder series. This is a standalone novel. So that looks intriguing. So it's The Searcher by Tana French. So that's to give to somebody. Um, I spent too much time last month absorbed in the American elections. Um, CNN, the whole lot, the magic wall, everything. Um, but of course, in the run up to that, we saw Barack Obama and I totally forgot really about Barack Obama, actually. But then when I started seeing him doing his 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 uh, his uh, rallies and so on, I said, oh, and then, of course, his book, his book is going to be the biggest, the, you know, the biggest book of, the, of at Christmas, isn't it? So um, and it's called A Promised Land um, and uh, I think that is a book that you could give to a lot of people because, of course, he, Barack Obama, lives in this space between celebrity and politician. So, and of course, those of us who have read Michelle Obama's Beloved will be reading it and think, hmm, is it good? Is it better? Whatever. But um, I, I think it is the sort of sort of book. I, I don't know what he writes like, but I suspect it's fantastic. Um, and I, I watched the Steve Colbert interview with him the other night, uh, the Late Show interview with him, and it's fantastic. So I think, yeah, I think that is a book to give to any amount of people this Christmas. And the book I would love if somebody would give me because I'm far too frugal to spend about 40 euro on a book. And this book is called Irish Country Furniture and Furnishings, 1700 to 2000. And it's by Claudia Kinmouth. It's uh, Cork University Press. And what it is, she is the expert on Irish furniture. And we are just, I, I think we, we haven't travelled far enough from our origins, if you like, to really appreciate the amazing vernacular furniture that we had. Settle beds, you know, milking stools, um, all this all this amazing straw furniture that our ancestors would have made for their cottages and so on. We don't really appreciate it that much. And, sh and you know, a dresser. A dresser, the the fun, the the crucial piece of information, uh, the crucial piece of furniture in every car Irish cottage, and she does whole chapters on that where she explores the colours they're painted. And if you look at the col the cover of that book, the dresser on it is blue, a vivid blue, and of course that throws up. We've we've seen any amount of pictures of cottages in the countryside in the eighteen hundreds and the nineteen hundreds. We've no idea what they were like inside, but she knows what they were like inside. She knows what furniture would have been in. So. 
Yeah. So that book. That's the one you want. Hint, hint, whoever's listening hint, that knows Bernice. Because she's too cheap to spend 40 euro on a book, even exactly. one that she knows she's going to love. Um, and listen, Neve, I bet listening to Bernice there about the settle beds and the dressers, you were thinking again of your, your <laughs> granny and granddad's cottage there. Did you find any of that? Yeah, they're not as nice now when you're scraping the mouldy smell out of them and your clothes all <laughs> have to be washed and... <laughs> uh, the joy of antique furniture is not in keeping your clothes in them <laughs> Listen, tell us about your uh, three things whether you'd give them as gifts or you'd want to read yourself tell us about that Yeah, okay so um, the first one I'm going to say now this is not one I don't think to give at Christmas but maybe one to have in your arsenal uh, for January when all of the gym subscriptions and self-help books and uh, new diets and Joe Wicks is in your ear Um I I did Joe Wicks over the lockdown. I signed up to that 90 day plan thing because I just wanted stuff to fill my brain with. And um, it was, I found it actually, to be honest with you, not Joe Wicks's fault, but uh, really damaging um, towards my relationship with food and exercise wow. and my body and um, uh, really messed up my head. It was way too prescriptive. I was obsessive about what I was eating and what was in and it was just it was crazy me and my mum and my sister did it before I moved out we did it all together it's absolutely insane and I realized actually that all we start all we were doing was talking about what we were eating it was so boring um so anyway sorry uh long intro but don't book, be sorry that's really important and people will need to hear that too so thank you the book I would recommend to undo a lot of that noise that I think especially women are surrounded with on social media and well everywhere. Uh, the book I would recommend is it's called Intuitive Eating, uh, a revolutionary anti-diet approach. And it's by um, Evelyn Trebole and Elise Reisk. Um, they're both dietitians and it's about it's, it really is an anti-diet manifesto and it's about rejecting all of this nonsense that we see in magazines all the time, which tries to control women's bodies and um, what we put into them and what we feed them. And it's about it's about stripping back all of that, what we have been taught for decades. Um, and it's about going back into knowing what your body needs, what to feed it, when to start eating, when to stop eating, um, when to know you're full uh, when to know you're not hungry, when to know you're hungry and how to honour that. And it's all about honouring your hunger. Um, and I actually, this book was so important for me. I really needed it after the Joe Wicks and everything else. Um, and really it has transformed how I think about my relationship, not just with food, but with my body and exercise and everything else. And it flips all those ideas of exercising to flips that on, on on its head you know the idea of exercising to look a certain way it's about exercising to feel a certain way and all of those things which I know I know we've all heard but they can be hard to remember when you're surrounded by so much marketing about women's bodies all of the time so yeah. that I think is a really important I think one. that's really really powerful what are your other ones because that sounds like you say more one for January so what what over the Christmas and maybe for gifts would you say Okay, so now this one I know has got ample coverage, but I'm going to give it some more. Uh, Exciting Times by Nisha Dolan. It's one of the books I read over lockdown in a couple of days um, because it's just, you could devour it. I mean, it's just so funny, so acerbic, so witty. Um, For me, it filled that normal people-shaped hole in my life. You know, um, there's only so many times you can read the book and watch the series. You have to find something else. Um, So this helped me through that gap. Um, her sentences are just so perfectly crafted. Oh my God, like like some of the stuff you have to read it two or three times 
to realize how funny it is. Um, so uh, I really liked that. I think we all kind of know what it's about, don't we? It's about a young girl in um, Hong Kong and um, it's just, it's excellent. Um, the other one then I haven't read, but um, I have bought and want to read over Christmas. And I think it would actually be a really nice gift. It's a lovely looking book. It's called uh, 32 Words for Field by Mancon Ma- oh, Megan. Oh, I'm going to read that. Um and just to say as well, I got this off books upstairs. They were and the their their customer service was they they got lost in the post and um I was chatting to them on Instagram like every day and they were always replying to me and updating me and chatting to the postman and they were really kind. Uh so just to say that uh thanks for that. Um but it's about um it's about the history of the Irish language and all of the ways which uh uh our language has evolved and uh, kind of the lost words for certain aspects of our landscape and um, it looks like a really interesting book um, and it's all about our lived environment and um, here in Ireland and I just think it'd be a lovely one over the Christmas um, yeah. to get Mancon down. Magan is just a, a great writer too mm. and he just brings all these uh, things, subjects to life and makes you so interested in things you never thought you'd be interested in. Um, they're great recommendations. Just quickly before we finish the podcast, um, I do want to do a shout out for A Ghost in the Throat by Dear Negrefa, which is, as Bernice sort of alluded to earlier, like it's it's a really literary book and it's she's a poet and we had her on the thing, but if you are back in the place where you can concentrate on sentences, there are some exquisite sentences sentences in there and it's definitely worth a read. Also want to give a shout out to More Than a Woman by Catelyn Moran, which was definitely one of my books this year. Was happened when um during the summer when I could get back into reading and that was one of the first books I read and I just loved it so much. And then my final one is it's not out yet. It's one of those annoying things where I got a proof of it, but I have to say I think it's really brilliant. It's um, Acts of Desperation by Megan Nolan, which um, there's been a lot of buzz about and I was really curious to read and it is fantastic. Now it's quite dark. It's about a toxic relationship. Um, it's, it's, I'd be really, I'd love to do it for the book club actually because I'd be fascinated to know what you'll all think of it. Uh, but I would definitely recommend it when that does come out. So I hope we've given you all some uh, book food for thought and that uh, you have a lovely bookish Christmas. Um, because like Neve said, so many booksellers playing a blinder during the, this this year and during lockdown and trying to keep afloat. And I think that's been, been one of the really heartening things about this time is that people have turned to books and people have really appreciated their local booksellers and they've supported them. So let's keep doing that uh, in the run up to Christmas. And listen, Anne Ingle, Neve Towie, Bernice Harrison, have an amazing Christmas. Uh, spend a lot of it with your nose in a book and your ear in the headphones, mum, while you're knitting away. And yeah, have a lovely Christmas. Thanks, Roisin. Happy Christmas, Roisin. Same to you, Roisin. That's it for today. Thanks very much to Anne Ingle, Bernice Harrison and Neve Towie for their excellent book recommendations. I hope it's helped you with your shopping list. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, and by Suzanne Brennan and Jennifer Ryan with the excellent JJ Vernon on sound. Mind yourselves, stay safe, and I'll talk to you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.